It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's episode 583 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. On today's show, I have Jake Mastroianni of Locked On Braves to talk about this weekend series. We recorded this in the middle of the Texas Rangers game that they lost to the Houston Astros. We talk all about where the Braves are right now, where the Rangers are what this series is going to look like, all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers and locked on to the Atlanta Braves. I'm your locked on Rangers host, Bryce Paddock, joined today on a special crossover episode by Jake Mastroianni. Oh my gosh. I realize I didn't ask you how to pronounce your name in the like five minutes we talked before this. We are doing a special crossover episode. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Braves your first listen every single day. If you're not already, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Bryce Patrick, at Shortstop Ball, at Locked On Rangers, and at, uh, is it just Locked On Braves? Locked on underscore Braves on Twitter. So make sure you get that underscore in there. But yes, make, make sure you get those in there and subscribe on YouTube where Jake has been crushing it on YouTube and crushing it in general because his team is coming off of a World Series win. The Rangers are playing the champs while they themselves have kind of looked a little bit like the chumps this this season. We're definitely the chumps last year. And uh, I'm just curious what what's been going on with the Braves lately? Uh, it's been a rough start. It's really not that much different than how they started out last season. So Braves fans are holding out hope that the end result is the same. But it's been a rough go to begin the year. They haven't won a series yet. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, and they have a chance to do so Thursday night. But as we're recording, they still haven't won a series yet this season. And they've had a pretty easy schedule, but... For whatever reason, just haven't clicked all the way yet, but hopefully that's going to change with a uh, somebody returning to the lineup on Thursday night in the form of Ronald Acuna Jr. Oh, gosh. It is, I'm deeply upset because I'm going to my first game of the season, actually my first game at the new park on Friday night, and it seems like Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be sitting out on Friday night uh, just to spite me personally. I'm sure that's not the actual reason. But it is. What are you What are you expecting from him this season? I I know he got injured in the the middle of the middle of last year, and he missed that World Series one, which is what made it so improbable to me. I mean, the Braves were a great team all year, but going and winning the World Series without one of the I don't know five best players in baseball for what half the season that made it just incredible to me. Yeah, yeah, and he was on an MVP pace too. I believe he would have won it, you know, had he stayed healthy all season. But we don't know what to get. He says he's better than he was before the injury. He says he's ready to go. We'll just have to wait and see. I certainly would not doubt it or put it past him. I'm certainly expecting him to continue to be one of the best players in all of baseball with the speed, power, defense, everything. So I'm just excited to see him play, see him back on a field, because it has been since early July last year when he went down that we have yet to see him play. So I'm just excited as a fan, certainly as a Braves fan, to see him back out there and see the energy, the level of energy that he's going to bring to this team. You know that's going to be there. 
Uh, the strikeouts are going to come. That's part of his game, but he's also going to hit 450-foot shots. He's going to steal bases. He's great defensively, so I can't wait to see him back. He he really solves a lot of the issues that the Braves are having early on in this year with runners getting on base, with outfield defense, and just really not having a leadoff hitter. So he solves a lot of those problems for this Braves team. So that and just, again, he's an exciting player, one of the best in baseball, or why I can't wait to see him back out there and see him continue to work back and get healthy. I'm sure it'll be, you know, a little bit of an adjustment for him. I'm not expecting him to be like he was right out of the gate, but I do think he gets there eventually. Yeah, he is too good of a player not to get back there eventually. I'm looking through the baseball reference page of the Braves and seeing such former Ranger greats as Darren O'Day, Jesse Chavez. Uh, No longer is Chris Martin there. Uh, By the way, thank you for that Chris Martin trade. You gave us a Colby Howard. All the incredibly deep starting pitching guys that you have, and we get stuck with the Colby Howard who, uh, at this point, I'm not convinced he's even a big league pitcher at any capacity. Definitely not a starter at this point. So uh, thank you, no thank you for that one there. I'm still pretty bitter about that. Yeah, and Chris Martin was solid for the Braves for a couple of years. He wasn't great last year. But the most memorable moment for me with Chris Martin is the 2019 postseason. Braves are up game one against the Cardinals. He comes out of the bullpen. All of a sudden, his arm hurts. He comes out. Luke Jackson has to come in. The Braves lose that game. End up Another losing former that Ranger series. great. So, yeah, yeah, we, and you know, hate that Luke Jackson, he's out for this season as well with the uh, UCL injury. But, uh, yeah, that was, it ended up being a really good uh, move for the Braves, and they ended up signing Chris Martin, bringing him back, and now he's actually getting Braves players out because he's fishing for the Cubs, and he just shut down the Braves the other day. So Chris Martin legacy continues. Yes, yes, it does. And uh, speaking of new players, I mean, you come off a of World Series and the Braves were not content to just, all right, we, we got who we got. You know, it'll be fine. And, uh, you know, you obviously try and re-sign Freddie Freeman. That was a whole saga. And instead, you bring in a first baseman who the Rangers are very familiar with and have been beaten up very many times by in Matt Olson. What are your thoughts on what he's done so far? And how heartbroken were you? Were you heartbroken? Or are you just happy for Freddie Freeman to get his ring? And then, you know, it seems like he just kind of wanted to go back to California. Yeah, I was, I was a little heartbroken to be honest with you. I mean, you spend 12 years with a guy, he wins an MVP. He, he brings you a world series. I think most Braves fans, myself included, just thought it was inevitable that he would come back to Atlanta. It didn't work out. And so, yeah, that, that was a little bit heartbreaking, but you couldn't have found a better replacement for him in Matt Olson, and he has really surprised me. Look, I didn't watch a lot of Oakland A's games. I knew about Matt Olson. I knew he's a great player, good home run hitter, but what has really surprised me about him is just his eye at the plate. He has taken a lot of walks this year. He has looked at a lot of good pitches just outside the zone. His plate dis- discipline is really a great, and I think that's something – they talked about that he really improved on last year. He really cut down his strikeout percentage, I believe, in half, actually, from about 30% to 15%. And that's what's really surprising about him. And I knew the glove was good as well, and that continues to play. So, yeah, it was tough losing Freddie Freeman. I'm not going to lie and uh, you know say that it wasn't, but I am really excited about Matt Olson and his, his future in Atlanta. He's been a lot of fun to watch early on in this season. Isn't he an Atlanta kid as well? Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Well, that is definitely an added bonus there. I mean, you had both guys ended up 
and both of the two of the best, if not the best, first baseman in all of baseball. Well, I forgot about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I always think of him as just DH, but uh, definitely two of the top five uh, first basemen in all of baseball going back to their home states. But this starting rotation is is a really really nice one, and I also have a bone to pick with the Braves in picking up guys named Bryce who spell it incorrectly. The most egregious was Bryce Wilson with a Y and an S. That was just an affront to all Bryce kind. And now you have Bryce Elder, who spells it with a Y, which is the less egregious but still blatantly wrong way to spell my first name. But how has this rotation been so far this year? It's one of the better rotations in baseball, I felt like, the last couple of years. And it seems like it's just so incredibly deep. It is, and... I think it will be one of the best rotations in, in baseball, but right now it's a little bit up and down. It's a good start followed by a bad start, and that trend just has continued on and on, which is why the Braves have been so inconsistent to start this year. Max Freed looks like he's back on track. He had a couple of rough outings to begin, but his last two have been really good. Rangers may see him on Sunday. They have not announced that yet. He last pitched on Tuesday, so he could be available on Sunday, but the Braves may push him back. Charlie Morton, he had a great start to begin his season, and he's had three rough outings after that. He's somebody the Braves really need to pick it up to be that second guy behind Max Freed. Ian Anderson, again, he's kind of been up and down to begin the year. I think we'll see him in, at some point in this series. Kyle Wright's been the surprise. He is so far looking like a huge breakout candidate for the Braves. He's going to pitch on Thursday night, so after we record this. But he's been very good for the Atlanta Braves um, and Bryce Elder, who you mentioned, shot up. You know, played at uh, University of Texas there, and then just shot up. You know, through the system last year, and is really just a control pitcher. Uh, focuses on movement and getting weak contact. And his first start was excellent, and he was controlling all of his pitches, commanding in the zone, getting that weak contact. His last two, he's walked five batters in each of those. So I think his hold on that fifth spot in the rotation is very short right now hoping that he has another bounce back outing against the rangers over the weekend but i do like him long term i think he's going to be a very solid starter you know in that third fourth spot in the rotation for a long time and then i don't know if the braves are going to stick with a six-man rotation i think we may see spencer strider get a shot there he hasn't pitched in quite a while unless he ends up pitching on thursday he wasn't great out of his bullpen the last time but he has a lot of upside there you know consistently hits you know triple digits he could get a shot and you could see them call up somebody like tucker davidson tukey tucson kyle muller uh they have options i mean they they are deep right now it's just finding the right guys the right combination and them you know being more consistent in their outings yeah uh definitely envy the depth that you have in your starting rotation the rangers have three guys that they're trying to figure out if any of them are going to be starting pitchers quality major league starting pitchers the next time the rangers are contending but they got martin perez who was in the middle of throwing a perfect game until well until right before we started recording this podcast because otherwise i would still be watching him <laughs> throw a perfect game but coming up we're going to talk about how the rangers have done to start this season and then a little bit of our predictions coming up later on after that but first this episode is brought to you by built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar that is on the market absolutely delicious my ad read was so good last week that i convinced myself to buy myself some uh, salted caramel built bars jake what would you say is your favorite kind of built bar yeah, the cookies and cream remains to be my favorite. Peanut butter brownie is great as well, but yeah, those are some of mine. 
Oh yeah, I picked up the cookies and cream as well. Got myself a two pack, and I'm like, you know what? I I might need to get myself some more. They are absolutely delicious. They are great for you. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. I don't know how they do it, but they work their magic over at Built Bar to make it delicious and to make it good for you as well. So if you want to go check them out, go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. This episode is also brought to you by Blue Nile. In case you didn't know, Jake, did you know that Mother's Day is around the corner? Yeah, thanks for that reminder. I, I got a couple of uh, gifts I need to get. Yeah, and if you're looking for some gifts that are very nice, fine, everyday jewelry, Blue Nile is the place to go. It's the best place for Mother's Day gifts. You can give mom something this Mother's Day that she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off 500 This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Now, thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Braves your first listen every single day. For your second listen, go check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's got recaps from every night's games, MLB, they got NBA, they got a live look from all of your hosts around the network to give a unique perspective on what's going on in the sports world. And it's free wherever you get your podcasts. Now, what, what are your questions about this Ranger team? I'm sure they're a real enigma. There's not a lot of, a lot of crossover. There are quite a few former Rangers on the Braves, but these are not teams that really typically think about each other a whole lot. Yeah. In fact, you know, the last time the Braves were there, they weren't even playing the Rangers. They were playing in the (laughs) NLCS. So, uh, and that did not go particularly well for the Braves. They blew a three, one series lead there to the Dodgers, but. And Corey Seager. Yeah. And Corey Seager. (laughs) Then let's hope he doesn't get hot in this series. But I think for most Braves fans, they're just wondering, you know, where are the Rangers? You know, I know they made some big moves in the off season, you know, are you expecting to compete this season? Is this kind of a transition year? You know, where are the Rangers right now in terms of competing? So they're in kind of a weird place because they spent money like they're contenders. They spent money like they're real contenders. But you got to kind of put that in context because the Rangers had basically nothing on the books. They're a top five market. They're an absolutely huge market. There are Rangers games broadcast in all of Texas. They're broadcast all the way to Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, New Mexico. Like, they're everywhere. And, like, they have been a contending team from 2010 to 2016. They were a good baseball team. They kind of fell apart in the last couple of years of Adrian Beltre, and the last two years have been extremely rough for this team. But they thought of themselves of as contenders as recently as 2020. Now, because it was such a shortened season, you have one bad month, and that's half your season is bad. And so they end up with a number two overall pick in 2020 after that whole unwritten rules thing uh grand slam central with the padres that uh by the way in case you didn't know chris woodward has totally gone a 180 he's like yeah that was kind of a mess and uh i kind of regret what i'm saying but anyway this team is on the verge of contending they're not there's not expectations to contend this year their expectations to not be a punching bag team they brought in marcus Simeon. they brought in Corey seager that right there alone is a huge difference in this team, which had one of the best, the worst offenses in all of baseball, and honestly, one of the worst pitching staffs in all of baseball as well last year. So, but the Rangers are expected to turn around pretty quickly because you sign guys like Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. I mean, Seager just turned 28 
uh, yesterday, Wednesday, um, and Simeon is 31. So you, they gave them these big, long contracts, and you're going to want to compete while they're in their primes because you all know, like, 38-year-old Corey Seager probably isn't going to be worth $30 million, maybe. Uh, 38-year-old Marcus Simeon isn't probably going to be worth, you know, the $25 million, unless he ages like Adrian Beltre, in which case I'm most definitely all for it. But this is a long-winded way of saying they're going to be middle of the pack. My goal for this year was them to not be completely out of contention with, like, 30 games left. Yeah, and so right now, in watching this game, it looks like they might lose to the Astros on Thursday. They're down 3-1. to one. Spoiler alert oh there. Um, so they're going to come into this series with the Braves looking like possibly a 6-13 and 13 record. Obviously not off to a great start. What are some of the struggles that the Rangers have had early on? I know the guys you talked about, Simeon, Seager, you know, those two studs right there aren't really going right now. But is it offense? Is it pitching? Is it both? What has been some of the struggles leading to uh, this potentially 6-13 and 13 record? So the, the answer is yes. The problem has been yes. <laughs> there have been issues with a lot of things. John Gray was another big addition. I really liked the signing. He was one of the guys who I was pretty high on and felt realistic for the Rangers to go get because he was an Oklahoma kid, so he grew up pretty close, and I think he grew up cheering for the Rangers and trying to be uh, imitate Nolan Ryan, which, you know, who among us didn't? Um, but he's made two starts and he's had two IL stints. He had a blister that sidelined him after four innings in his first start. And then he had a little knee issue that happened on the very first pitch of his second start. But he's, I think he's going to be back right at the end of that second IL stint, um, right at the 10 day mark. So he hasn't been able to get going. Martin Perez obviously has been, uh, we saw what he did today and his last start was also really good. First couple weren't super great, but they have three young starters in this rotation in, Taylor Hearn, Dane Dunning, and uh, Spencer Howard. Howard was the main acquisition in the Kyle Gibson trade from the Phillies. And the Phillies were kind of in two minds with him. Like, is he going to be a multi-inning guy or is he going to be a starter? Because he was a bullpen guy in college. And so we don't know if we can wait to get him stretched out, give him that opportunity because we're trying to contend right now. So former top 30 prospect in all of baseball. And, you know, when his stuff is hitting his spots, it's great but he has missed his spots a lot of middle-middle pitches, has as many home runs as innings pitched. The offense hasn't quite gotten going yet. I mean, Seager has been right on balls, and I don't know if you've been noticing this, but it feels like the baseballs are just off. Like, he's squaring up baseballs. The Rangers have, like, three, four home runs in the last, like, couple of days, or what should have been home runs. There was one off the bat of Adoles Garcia as well that just die, that just absolutely die out there. And I don't think it's just Globe Life Field playing as a pretty big park. I think it's some issue with the baseballs like Chris Bassett talked about after that kerfuffle with the Mets and uh, St. Louis as well. So, I mean, there's just been a lot of inconsistency with the bats when they've been hot. They've been great. Nathaniel Lowe has been getting on base at a really nice clip. That's been fun. Other than that, like, it's just a lot of guys who were their periphery numbers for the most part look pretty good in, you know, Seager and Garver and Willie Calhoun as well. And it's just things are not quite matching up right now. So it's been it's been a little bit of a mess and really frustrating to see they're putting together these good at bats. They're looking pretty decent, but uh, it's just not quite falling. As for the pitching, it's just been bad. Like that, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Well, well, good. Hopefully, the bats for the Braves will break out because they've been having those same kind of issues. I know during the during the first couple of weeks, I think they were like top five in the league in average exit velocity, but they were like lower 
third of the league in terms of batting average. They just have a lot of balls that are dying at the warning track, not traveling like Man, you would expect. This is, this is the best. This is the best team for you to play. Then the Astros came in scuffling like I think the the worst batting average in all of baseball, and like their their other numbers looked, you know, not super great. And you know, a four game series against Rangers pitching, outside of Martin Perez, <laughs> has pretty much turned their bats around. So. You're welcome in advance, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say on the flip side of that, it, it seems like if a struggling starting pitcher is coming in, that the Braves are the team to battle against right now because they face some pitchers who I thought they would torch, and uh, that has not been the case. So who knows what will win out in this series. But uh, just one last question for you. Have there been any big surprises, any young players, prospects that you're excited about uh, for the season? Well, I would have told you about three months ago, yeah, two, three months ago, I would have said Josh Young, who is my boy, who I watched in college at Texas Tech since he was a freshman and thought that kid's going to be special. And the Rangers drafted him in the top 10. And he was slated to basically be the, the opening day third baseman, the quote-unquote heir apparent to Adrian Veltri, even though it's been there's been like four or five third basemen since there, including like Charlie Culberson, Brock Holt platoon last year, which was fun. And I like those guys, but they're not anywhere close to that. But Young had a, a a shoulder, a torn labrum, and so he's going to be out until at least mid-August. But I got to see Jack Leiter in person, and that kid's really good, and that yeah. was uh, really special to go see him out there. I mean, the Rangers AA affiliate is in Frisco, so a suburb of Dallas, so a lot of Rangers fans can go out there. It's a really great park and a lot of fun. But as far as good surprises, n- no. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Oh, no, I will give you one. There is one in the bullpen. Brock Burke is a guy who was yes. acquired in the Jerkson Profar trade that somehow ended up becoming a three-way trade that got the Rays involved. But he was a guy who was brought up by the Rays, and he showed a lot of promise. And right when he was you know, on the verge of kind of sticking as a major leaguer, he had shoulder surgery and missed a whole year and then came back and last year just looked awful he just did not look anywhere near the same guy now he's back and looks fantastic he's in a more of a multi-inning relief role has been by far the best rangers reliever out there six games nine and two-thirds innings 16 strikeouts a 186 era the guy has been nails and just as good as his numbers what about you who has been surprising in a good way for you on this braves team i guess we can get to that a little bit after this word from our sponsors and that next sponsor is a bet online betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's nba playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season bet online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts so I'd say my biggest surprises for the Braves so far are Kyle Wright, who I mentioned earlier, who has really been the best pitcher, more most consistent pitcher for the Braves this season. Again, pending his Thursday night start. Hopefully that continues. He's been a really nice surprise. Uh, offensively, there, there really hasn't been a ton of, of great surprises. It's stuff you've kind of expected. Matt Olson, Austin Riley. I, I would say Marcelo Zuna early on was hitting the ball well which was a bit of surprise considering he didn't play most of last year Uh, you didn't really know what you were going to expect out of him but he's kind of cooled off 
lately, but the rest of the lineup really hasn't done much. I mean, Travis Darnot has been solid, um, so they really haven't had anybody step up in the lineup. Travis Demerit, another kid who I think oh, was with another, the Rangers, another former uh, Rangers, great former Rangers first round draft pick. Really like yeah, that kid. He has a he, he has stepped a long up route to get to the big leagues. He has. I mean, the Braves got traded him and and then got him back, but he has been inserted in the lineup here lately, and he's had some really good at bats, and so he's starting to get some playing time, especially with Eddie Rosario. The news of him uh, needing eye surgery and going to be out for a couple of months. Uh, it's been a, an opportunity for Travis Demerit to get some playing time, even with Ronald Acuna Jr. coming back. But let's get into the pitching matchups for this, and we haven't really seen who the Braves are going to throw. I'm assuming it's going to be Ian Anderson on Friday and Bryce Elder on Saturday, and then either Max Fried on Sunday or a spot start from maybe Spencer Strider, or they call up somebody like uh, Kyle Muller or Tucker Davidson to start that game. And who's going to be going for the Rangers in this series, Bryce? Well, we got Spencer Howard going on Friday. I talked a little bit about him, who has shown a lot. In spring trading, I was much higher on him than it seems like he's been. We've also got Dane Dunning, and we've also got Taylor Hurt. So literally those big three young guys, which I'm, they all qualify as young guys if they're younger than me. I'm 28, <laughs> and uh, Hearn and uh, Dane Dunning are both 27, so they're, they're going to be young so, yeah. guys they're for their entire careers, I guess, for me. But, uh, but yeah, they are... Dunning is is a guy who was in the Lance Lynn trade. He was the primary piece there from Chicago. Pretty solid guy. Not any overpowering stuff. Added a new pitch called a sweeper, a more horizontal slider. Has not had his best command. Has been a, his numbers are a little skewed because you know he played the Toronto Blue Jays and they will do bad things to anyone's <laughs> numbers. I mean, that is such a great offense, but uh, Dunning, I'm really excited about Taylor Hearn is a really interesting local kid who the Rangers got years ago um, in a trade for a reliever whose name is escape Keone Kella uh, from Pittsburgh. And when he came up, I thought, all right, this guy is going to be a starter came up, had one of the worst major league debuts that you'll ever see Won a third of an inning. And I forgot how many runs he ended up giving up, but he ended the, the year because he was out for the year with an injury he sustained that in that one with a 188 ERA. His comeback um, was a multi-inning relief guy last year. Transitioned to a starter role. Has some really great raw stuff, but trusting it and hitting his spots has been a bit of a struggle this year. Uh, Hearn is going in the Sunday game, Dunning on the Saturday game, and old Spencer Howard on the Friday game. So all these guys need to stop missing middle middle, as do like the rest of Ranger pitchers because this Astros lineup is not missing these and, and the Braves lineup is way too good to miss a bunch of mistake pitches right down the heart of the freaking plate. <laughs> well, that's what we hope happens. Cause like I said, this Braves offense has not gotten rolling yet. And it seems like whenever they face these pitchers that they're unfamiliar with, especially young pitchers who have good stuff and it's a very aggressive Braves lineup. They don't walk a ton. They don't take a lot of pitches. So that kind of always scares me when they're well, facing that's good. I like, I like hearing that as a team who has walked way too many people. Well, and that, that's what I hope to see out of the Braves. I hope they can be a little bit more patient, take their walks, because when they do hit the ball, they hit it extremely hard, as I pointed out, um, but just not able to get those home runs is what's really killing them. That's what this, this offense is primarily uses to score. I think over 50% of their runs last year were scored on the home run ball, and when that's not coming and it hasn't come yet, then this offense can really struggle to score because they don't take their walks. They're not great 
at moving the lineup around and, and manufacturing runs. They're waiting on that two or three run homer. So hopefully the Rangers pitchers get that going. What are your what's your outlook for this series? How do you see it playing out? Who do you see winning this series? Well, I mean, how this series has ended for the Rangers, it's been really dispiriting. Unless they fix those stupid baseballs and the Rangers can actually start getting the hits that should be home runs as home runs, which, you know, Corey Seager should have about five of them suckers right now. Like, but a, a bunch of balls have been dying on the track. And it's been kind of frustrating. It's been kind of frustrating for this team, so I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta came out of here winning two out of three. I don't think they're going to be swept um, because that would be a, what, I believe six game losing streak yeah 16 losing streak the rangers would be on after that but i i really think the braves are just such a good team and i mean you said they haven't started the hottest right now i would just really love another series win because the rangers have been desperate for that it's been a pretty rough go of it as of late but what are your expectations what do you think is going to come out of this series yeah, it's another series that on paper the Braves should win and need to win, but it's the types of games they have not been winning this year. So I'll be honest, I don't have a ton of confidence coming in, but am glad to see that they'll have Ronald Acuna Jr. back. Hopefully that will spark this lineup and team and get them going, although I know he won't be playing on Friday. They're going to rest him on Friday after him playing on Thursday. But still, just having him there, having him as an option, maybe we see him off the bench in a big spot in that Friday game. I do think the Braves will win the series. You're going to miss the best three starters for the Braves right now. And Freed Morton, who again has not been necessarily great to start the year, but you know he has it. And Kyle Wright, who's pitching on Thursday. So again, there are some question marks here with Ian Anderson, who's been up and down, but has been really good at times. And Bryce Elder, who again, one good start, last two starts, really struggled with his command so don't know what we're going to get get out of him and don't know who that sunday starter will be yet if it's max freed then i definitely feel much better about the braves chances of winning the series if not and they go with the spot starter then i think the series is kind of up for grabs but i I do think it's a series the braves should win and, and i think they will win but i just don't have a ton of confidence in this team with the way they've come out of the gate so far this season well uh i'm hoping that eventually you can turn around but i also have uh, no I have no sympathy for you if your team goes 0-162 this year because you have won that ring. And uh, as a fan of a team who has gotten heartbreakingly close multiple times to World Series, I just I just got to know, how, how does it feel coming into the next season, coming off of that high of, we just won the World Series, like everything else is freaking gravy. Is that kind of, is that kind of the feeling among Braves fans or at least among you? Or is it like, I need more now? Yeah, I mean, I think when you kind of turn the page, I mean, there's obviously fans out there that are, you know, worried about this team and and stressing a little bit. But I think for some people that has kind of helped things, especially with the way it played out last year because the Braves were not good for basically four months last year. They were a 500 team and then took off. So I think that kind of has helped calm the nerves a little bit with this slow start. But yeah, I mean, it's a new season. You want to win now. That's 2021. That's over with. Uh, you want to win now, and, and everybody is obviously caught up in what have you done for me lately. Uh, that just seems to be the attitude of a lot of uh, people in our country, nation, wherever right now. And, I mean, it's a it's a new year. It's a new season. And you don't want to win a World Series and then just kind of flop the next year. Um, and, you know, that's certainly, I don't think, what the Braves are going to do. But I think it just kind of solidifies that fact, you know, coming off a World Series and you're able to follow that up. Maybe you don't win it again, but at least get back to the postseason you know, show you are a, a good team and going to be a good team for a while, which I think this Braves team will be. 
Yeah, they definitely have pieces in there. I mean, some great young talent, great starting pitching, like just an incredibly well-built team for the next like five years to be World Series contenders. But I tell you, if the Rangers ever win a World Series in my lifetime, I am going to be hooting and hollering and I will not care if they go oh for the rest of my freaking lifetime because I am so ready for that day because of how destructively close they have gotten in their past also very happy that Wash got to exercise some of those demons and get him a ring was most happy for him second most happy for my other Braves fan friends and I guess third most happy for you as well but (laughs) thank you so much for joining me going to be a very fun weekend of baseball where can the folks listening to Locked On Rangers find you and your stuff yeah you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Braves you follow us or Locked On underscore Braves follow us on YouTube at Locked On Braves and wherever you get your podcasts at Locked On Braves you can follow me on Twitter at shortstop ball but thanks for having me bryce thanks for having thanks for joining the show it's going to be a very fun weekend um on monday's episode i'll be talking about this i'm sure jake will be talking about this series hopefully a rangers winning series but we're not going to hold our breaths or anything like that thank you so much for joining me best of luck to you for the rest of the season after this series is done thank you all so much for listening to locked on rangers and locked on braves and until next time don't forget to enjoy baseball Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.